I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And this is Pete. And you're listening to episode 19 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. But first, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Starting off, last week we reported that every time I die frontman, Keith Buckley recently had to exit the band's ongoing tour with August Burns Red and Stick to Your Guns due to the uh, very premature birth of his new baby girl. Uh, the band is continuing the tour, as we mentioned last week, and Buckley has gone on to social media to thank Exalt frontman uh, Tyler Brand, who has helped out uh, with vocals in his absence. And starting on December 7th, which was this past week, Let Live singer Jason Butler will be finishing the tour for them. And from what I understand, the baby girl is just fine. So she's going to be full recovery, so that's good stuff to hear. So good on that. Mm-hmm. And good on those two guys for filling in on for you know a band pretty much needing some help so that's cool next up continuing with the uh aftermath of the paris attacks one month after the terror attacks eagles of death metal returned to paris has it really been a month just about tomorrow will be a month okay i was about to say yeah. wow yeah uh so they came in and they were with u2 u2 was playing a couple dates in paris and they had different guests each time to, you know, kind of commemorate the whole terror attacks because they were one of the bands that kind of, that canceled shows when it happened. Uh, so the the concert was being filmed for HBO, and they came in at the end of the set. And what happened was that U2's Bono said they were robbed of their stage three weeks ago, and we would like to offer them ours tonight. So Eagles of Death Metal came out and played some tunes of their own, and then U2 returned to the stage, and they did, a, they did a cover of Patti Smith's Power to the People, which is cool, because they also covered the same song with Patti Smith the night before, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pretty awesome. Um, also, while they were there, the Eagles of Death Metal paid a visit to the venue where the terror attacks happened, and there's very, uh, dis- not disturbing, but, like, moving pictures about of them being there and seeing everything, and, you know, so good on them for revisiting something that's actually just excruciatingly traumatizing to everybody involved. So, mm-hmm. All right. This one I saw, I thought was a little bit horrible to hear. Not in a bad way, just like, you know, maybe Ozzy should just stop talking for a while. Um, for the last 30 years? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ozzy was talking to australiasnews.com about the band's decision to embark on one final tour next year before calling it quits. He said... It's the end of Sabbath, and people have been asking, well, I thought you were doing an album. But the things we've discovered are, number one, people aren't really interested in hearing new stuff. And number two, if we were to do an album before the tour, it would take three or four years to complete the album. We want to end it on a high note. The first bit, I'd much rather hear new Sabbath than I would hear new Ozzy. Solo stuff. The second part, I actually understand. Actually, actually... yeah, I, I would I would like to hear new Ozzy if he had the same band he had for Scream or something similar because Gus G's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think he still has Gus G. I'm sure he does. Yeah, but I mean I've heard you know a good amount of Sabbath in the last few years, but not enough solo Ozzy. So, <clears throat> so if they can pull off another album that's similar to Scream, I would kind of want to hear some new Ozzy. 
Well, if I was to have my choice, I'd much rather hear another Sabbath record than another solo Ozzy record. Well, I am we still going to do something. So. Well, yeah. I mean, he, we already talked about he's going to be recording another album, but I think the gist I'm getting is uh, from the the comments I've been reading out there's like, really, Ozzy? They want to hear more solo stuff, but not another Sabbath record? Uh, yeah. I don't think he got that right, buddy. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I'd rather just... I actually agree just him sticking with the old stuff, honestly. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd really be interested in either. So. <laughs> you know what? I would like to hear some new Sabbath, but I'm not even going to get into it this No! Time. No! <laughs> hang on, no. hang on, hang on. I got this rigged up. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last bit from old news. Uh, continuing with the ongoing investigation of Scott Weiland's death last week. Um the Bloomington, Minnesota cops were able to do a search of the bus where he passed away, and it looks like they found a plethora, almost a pharmacy of stuff in his tour bus, including two bags of white substance that were tested positive for cocaine, a generic version of Xanax, two different brands of sleeping pills, um, a synthetic opiate painkiller, a green leafy substance, we're talking pot here, people, and Viagra, of all things. There's also a um, a drug used for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, which Scott was actually diagnosed as bipolar in 2001. So that one was actually the only legitimate thing that he had on his bus. Everything else, is anybody surprised? Uppers, downers, laughers, okay. yeah. tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much think the suitcase from Fear and Loathing. Exactly. And that, was, that was his carry-on. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... it's it's not good to laugh about that thing, but the thing is, really, is anybody surprised? Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't read the whole article. I saw a blurb last night that the the police are definitely investigating it as a possible overdose. Mm-hmm. So, it's it just irks me though that like if there really was that much stuff on the bus and that was that much present in his life, especially considering like like the wife was his wife was saying that he's been clean for however long and that him and the other member of the band where all the stuff was found the cocaine and whatnot were they had a pact that they wouldn't do it on the road it's like (laughs) (laughs) holy like okay well you can only take rock stars at their word I mean this is also Montley Crue's final tour third one but I I mean (laughs) he he must like I guess after decades of doing it he was really good at hiding it because he must have been because that's a lot of shit that's a lot of stuff and that's Especially traveling with it. I mean, he's in America, yeah. so he didn't have to go across any borders or anything like that. But still. So I can imagine that this is like even worse on his wife at this point. I'm sure. Like, like, and this is his new wife. His ex-wife actually released a letter saying that he, you know, he's been out of it for a long time. Like, this Scott Weiland died a while ago. This is finally him just bowing out mm, kind of thing. Oh, so wow. it's, it's, just, it's just rough. But it just, it, like, I'm thinking about it also recently. Like, it really sucks that all, like a lot of the big names in grunge have all gone out in the same exact way. Pretty much. For the same exact reason. Well, we still got a couple mainstays in Soundgarden. Well, th- th- <laughs> cause, like, you don't hear problems with like you don't hear about drug problems with Soundgarden or, or Pearl Jam. Yeah. Which, no. which you never know. Tomorrow we may go, go like uh, wake up and see the news and be like, "What the fuck happened?" Here? I think Eddie Vedder is just a, a wino. Oh, that's remember when we saw them and he couldn't remember the words The Last Kiss? Yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it's your biggest hit. 
<laughs> and it's a cover. <laughs> and you can't remember the words. He's reading out of a, like a, a, a composition notebook. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I think at one point he, he like started to sing the line and then just went, fuck. And just <laughs> 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 the microphone. This is also like over 10 years ago. So Yeah, yeah. This was a long... This was 2003, Two, I think. No, it was 2000. Yeah? No, wait. It was 2000. It was 2000. It was 2000 because we ran into Brian Harden at that concert. It was after he left St. Anthony's yeah. and after I graduated. Yeah. So we're talking 15 years ago. Uh, is that it for old business? Yeah, that is it for old business. Then we're moving on to the next quarter. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. Do that clip. <laughs> <laughs> what clip? Hang on. I don't want to go circling through that. <laughs> find suck that cock again. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Fail gunner. <laughs> All right. Uh, so after, um, so, so usually for new business we start off with new releases, and um, I think we're gonna let Pete start because he has three and we have like one each. Yeah, we. Ha- I have one album and then I have a couple singles. Yeah. So yeah. So Pete, you start off. Awesome. Okay. So my first one here is a band called Erdrager. <laughs> their new album with hunger undying now this is a black metal band out of perth australia apparently it's a it's composed of a bunch of different members of other metal outfits in the australian scene i mean i'm not i've not heard of their um other bands for sure uh but this is their first full-length release as this band and uh basically right now they're being compared to kind of old black death metal style opeth um and it's really apparent because um even the vocalist sounds a lot like uh, Michael Ackerfeld during like the Morning Rise era, which is not a bad thing at all. Like the very first track, the intro, really like harkens to uh, the Leper Affinity. Okay. Like just that way it kind of starts off and everything, but then it immediately goes into uh, like technical prog black metal stylings. Uh, the pace of the album is frenetic throughout, and there's like a few little um, acoustic interludes thrown in for good measure. Uh, but the talent of these guys is pretty evident early on because um, they string together some really like seemingly detached and just off the wall like like technical riffs that really like you only see like in a very seasoned kind of metal band pulling off so this is if this is their first uh release i mean i'm really looking for i'm hoping they put out more stuff like this was really really good definitely worth a check out um looking forward to more from them awesome all right i got a band called pomegranate tiger Love the name, number one. That's great. Um, but they're Canadian instrumental progressive metal project formed by multi instrumentalist Martin Andrus. Right, this is more Instru Prague, isn't it? Yes, it is definitely more Instru Prague. Oh, you got a clip? I'll find something. <laughs> well, if you guys haven't noticed, I have been absolutely jockeying Instru Prague since we started this podcast 18 episodes ago. Um, this band is pretty much. In the same vein as Animals as Leaders, um, 
and scale the summit. And, but the music tends to be more along the lines of a, a genty sound, kind of like Periphery and Tesseract. Um, but there's definitely a very technical playing on it, a lot of shredding, a um, lot of great drum beats. Um, the thing about the band is that Martin Andres is the main guy, and he had a band for a while, but then it just got whittled down to him, and he brought back one old bassist named Chase Bryant. Uh, so he has a bunch of guest appearances on this one. I don't have a list of guest appearances, but it's definitely worth a check out if you're a fan, like I said, of Animals as Leader, Scale of Summer, Periphery, and Tesseract. And it just adds to the whole plethora of this kind of genre of music that's been kind of exploding as of late with these you know, really technical players. And just it's, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear this kind of stuff considering some of the other things that are out there right now. So definitely worth a check out. That's the Pomegranate Tiger. Still, still <laughs> great name. Not the best name for the week, but still a great name. No, you got that one. <laughs> um, my one album for this week, because I did not find much else I enjoyed this week. Uh, Black Wolf, Oblivion Cycle. first want to point out that Black Wolf, one word, the wolf part is spelled W-U-L-F with an umlaut over the U. So therefore, automatically metal. The only, <laughs> the only legitimate way to spell wolf. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> These guys are stoner doom metal from Oakland, California. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned on the last top three video, like since starting this podcast, I've kind of tended toward bands that really emphasize that old school sound of like Sabbath and Pentagram and all that. And here's another one where I just listen to it and I'm like, I'm hearing I'm hearing this unrefined uh, production sound that just sounds like it was made decades ago in someone's basement, but still sounds clear enough to be heard um, and simple enough that it's pretty much just straightforward riffage, nothing crazy technical. Um, these guys, you know, they really exploit their influences without just kind of ripping them off like some bands out there. Not gonna put that. Not gonna put that name out there again, like I do all the time. But you know, with when I go through the new releases and I find all these like different like black metal bands and everything, like that's 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 Pete's territory. But I find so many of them, and I'm like, I need something different. And a band like this always comes out at me, so I always have to have to listen to it. They are kind of stoner doom so they're a little bit more uh, mid-tempo so they're not too slow that they bore me they're not too fast that you're sitting there getting your adrenaline pumped up it's just pretty mid-tempo grooves um, it's a 10-track offering that you know, it, it's definitely accessible to just casual listeners of heavier music um, it's it's really good that's, say, <laughs> that's, 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 that's honestly what I got if you want to hear the album actually if you go to their uh, their labels bandcamp page ripplemusic.bandcamp.com um, the, al- the entire album's up there as well as another one that I didn't get a full listen to which is the band Kind uh, which sounds like similar to this but their production's a little less refined uh, but yeah check out the uh, that bandcamp page and listen to the album so my next one is Spectral Lore with their EP Gnosis. Now Spectral Lore is a black metal band out of Athens.
around since about 2007 and have about four full-length releases so far. So from what I gather, they've been a pretty traditional black metal band for most of their career, but have just recently started doing some experimental stuff. And Gnosis is the second EP in a series of EPs released this year that uh, explores more ambient and atmospheric styles of black metal um, for the band. Uh, my understanding is that they have a plan to like, kind of keep releasing these EPs and just kind of, you know, uh, walk kind of like a divergent path on what they've been doing in the past. Um, now they're calling it an EP, but the runtime on it is about 50 minutes long. So, oh, shit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a little longer than a Slayer album. <laughs> it, 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 stands, it stands on its own pretty well. Um, and what you get in Gnosis, uh, in terms of musical style, is a lot of droning, dirgy-style guitar riffs with, you know, the faded black metal growls. There's definitely, like, a dark psychedelic effect that they're trying to go for, and they definitely achieved it. Um, there's elements of space rock, synthesizers, Greek Mediterranean folk music all mashed into this. Um, if you can kind of imagine, like, 70s stoner rock with a lot of black metal uh, influences that, that, that's what you're getting here uh, probably the most inter interesting track uh, on this album is the one that deviates the most from the rest it's uh, a track called A God Made of Flesh and Consciousness it's a lot heavier it's got more soul crushing riffs than the rest of the album but it still fits really well with the overall theme um, definitely worth a listen it's, it's an album that it's really worth mulling over because you can kind of get a lot more through like subsequent playthroughs uh, the next thing I got like I said I only have one album so Next thing, I just listened to a couple of new singles that are, were streaming throughout the week. First one up for me is the new Killswitch Engage track, uh, Strength of the Mind, coming off their new album that's going to be out next year. Um, it's vintage Killswitch Engage. Heavy verse, melodic and clean chorus. You know what you get every time you listen to a Killswitch Engage song. The only thing I found a little different here is that I felt that Jesse's uh, verse vocals were a little bit more guttural this time. He sounded a little bit more, I think Pat mentioned it, when I posted on the Facebook page that it sounds like a leftover Howard Jones track. And I think he actually sounds a little like Howard Jones would sing this song when he was with Killswitch, which is not a bad thing. Um, and his clean vocals have always been awesome. I think of the two singers in Killswitch, he's been, he's always my favorite anyway. As far as clean? As far as, as far as both, actually. I, I just like his, I like his songs better than I, than I like Howard Jones songs. Because yeah, I, I listen to most of this track and I kind of, I've never been a huge fan of Killswitch, um, but I did say, like, yeah, this sounds like Killswitch. Uh -huh. But um, I'm not as familiar with their older material as I am with anything with Howard Jones. Um, so hearing his clean vocals was a bit different for me, and I liked it. I preferred it, actually. Well, if you listen to Alive or Just Breathing, that's their first major, that's the first one that came out with Roadrunner, yeah. and that was really good. But this last one, The Song of Descent, his vocals are incredible on it. Um, and the reason I like Jesse's singing for them more is that it's not End of Heartache Part 5 where he's singing about End of Heartache. <laughs> There's actually like stuff outside of like breaking up with a chick or or stuff like that that Jesse's singing about. He sings about better stuff than Howard Jones ever did. Uh, at least for Killswitch. Mm -hmm. I'm not very familiar with uh, The Devil You Know yet, so... Um. <laughs> Let's take a look at that video that they got. Yeah, that, that's pretty badass. So, so if that if that one song is about breaking up, it's like, well, we're gonna film this one in a strip club, <laughs> which is reasons. probably why. <laughs> uh, but the music itself isn't really mind blowing. Mm -hmm. It's Killswitch. It sounds like Killswitch. So there's a lot of a lot of noodling around. There's a lot of heavy stuff. You know, a couple breakdowns here and there. Um, but if this is any indication of what the album's gonna sound like, I'm gonna be excited for it. And I'm looking forward to another Kill Switch record with Jesse. So I'm, you know, definitely worth a listen. Awesome. 
All right, so a couple weeks ago, Chris, uh, we were talking about uh, an Argentinian band that played Celtic-style folk yes, metal. Yes. So the, the name of that band is Skilltron. Right, Skilltron. Now, but but, (laughs) it sounds like a sci-fi name. (laughs) So the band I'm reviewing right now is is called Tradonna with their new album, The Power and the Will, and this is made up of ex-members of that band. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I got you. I see the tie-in now. Yeah, so they're still, you know, this is an Argentinian band that plays Celtic folk power metal. Okay, so um, (laughs) you know, like they sing about the same Celtic themes. um, So Skilltron's a little bit more. Heavier and death metal-y, this is very much, you know, power metal. Um, one feature of this band, as with Skilltron, is that there are copious amounts of bagpipes featured <laughs> throughout the album, which <laughs> is probably the, the highlight of this album. Is just, that, that adds a really nice layer to all these kind of power metal tracks. Um, I the album, the you said copious amounts <laughs> of bagpipes. <laughs> You can quote me on that. Uh, the album came out yesterday, and I got a chance to listen at work. Um, and aside from the bagpipes, I have to say, I, I really wasn't that impressed. Like, I think I was really underwhelmed by the lead singer's vocals, because um, it really sounded like he was kind of phoning it in. That there was really not a lot of energy, which to me is like antithetical to, if you're going to make a power metal right? album, you need to, yeah, you, you need to like ham it you up. You need to really door. ham it up. Like, and he kind of sounds like... Um, like a, like a muted version of like David Drymer from Disturbed. Like, oh my like god! Like a very kind. I don't know. Like if you can just imagine, like David Drymer like just tired one day and trying to sing. <laughs> like that's kind of what he sounds like. It's just him out of breath live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just got really really bored. And from what I, this is their second full length, and from what I understand, like their first album was like pretty mediocre as well. So. I gotta say, this album doesn't really fare well for them. So well, we won't right. be tagging them in this one. No, no. <laughs> Would have recommend this one. That's actually. A, I need to get the clip from Mad Max, the mediocre clip. <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> Witness me, blood bag. <laughs> uh, next up, I got the new Abath single, "Count the Dead." Did you listen to this? Oh man! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there is absolutely no reason for this song to be as catchy as it is. It's so they're out. His album's coming out the twenty second. Right. I, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait, dude. Number one, the verse riff is so simple, but it's just, it kind of, it kind of almost reminded me of of Enter Sandman's verse riff, mm-hmm. where it really is just in the back, just driving the song, and you're just sucked in by James's vocals. This is the same exact thing, but of course it's the bath singing, and it's awesome. His delivery is fantastic. The middle section is brutal as hell, and it's. So good, like I'm not very familiar with uh, immortal stuff, but if immortal sounded anything like he de- what he's doing right now, I have a shit ton of catching up to do. You really do. Like a lot of the newer immortal stuff sounds like this, yeah. And or I should say, like the the more recent immortal stuff sounds like this. And um, yeah, I mean, Abbas just kept it alive. You know, I mean, he's not deviating from his formula at all. Um, which is not a bad thing in his case because he just delivers every single time. Did you hear the cover that they did? From I Judas didn't get. I, I saw it last night. I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. It's really good too. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's crazy because on that song, it sounds like he's channeling Lemmy. Like <laughs> the vocal, it's so weird. It sounds like if Lemmy was playing with Immortal covering a Judas Priest song. It's nuts. <laughs> like it's so good. They're gonna have to check that one out later tonight. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's that. So if. Get excited for a Bath's new CD because that that sounds like it's going to be incredible. Because mm-hmm. we listened to the, the the other track from a couple of weeks ago and that was really good. Oh, too. Winter's Bane. yeah, Winter Bane is really good. So, 
So expect that to be a gush fest when it comes out. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, I'm calling dibs on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he will fight us for it. <laughs> given, <laughs> given, dude, <laughs> given. What you got? All right. Well, I got uh, three more singles that I listened to. This one I I just randomly came across. It I think it was on Metal Sucks. Uh, the name of the band is Mandroid Echo Star. Man, with these great names, this right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the track call is called Iron Hands. It's a single from their upcoming album Coral Thun- Throne. Coral Fun. Throne, which is coming out in January fifteenth. Uh, the band is described as a metal coheed in Cambria, and yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Take the vocalist from Coheed in Cambria, put him in front of a of a technical progressive metal band, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's really goddamn good <laughs> it really is there's this one part i think it was towards the end of the song or the second half of the song where they're doing a chorus and they're he's singing and he's, he's you know like i say he sounds like Cory and cambria but in the background there's this noodling guitar that's just going up and down arpeggios 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 <laughs> and it's incredible sounding like i like this is one of those bands that like i probably never heard of i don't know if this is like their first second third whatever record but i am definitely looking forward to this one it's going to be awesome Okay, next one up. An old mainstay that I've heard about for years. Uh, this is actually the first track I've ever heard of them. Is Riding Christ. Now I'm going to try to pronounce the name of the single. Um, but it's extreme metal and it's awesome. There's really nothing more I can say about it. I'm excited because I'm going to mention later on that they have a new album coming out. Um, and the one thing I wrote down here that's really good. No, is read it the- as you wrote it. Oh man, the leads. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, technical death metal. <laughs> I write how I talk, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says that. Holy fuck, technical death metal. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like advertising for the Shred Shack. That sounds like a great idea. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> That's actually really <laughs> Holy fuck, technical death metal. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're a fan of extreme uh, metal like Pete and myself, and you, let's just think Behemoth, all right? And with a little bit more of the the lead factor, because Behemoth doesn't really do many leads, no. but add that aspect to a Behemoth track, and you pretty much get a Rotting Christ track, wow. and it's okay. really really good. And the last one up, Saving the Cheese for Last, Avantasia released their first the lead off track actually for the upcoming album. Um, the track is called Mystery of a Blood Red Rose, which just sounds cheesy as hell. And if you're a fan of Avantasia and Egg Guy, you know what to expect. It's Tobias being in full effect, big cheesy chorus, you know, just a lot of epicness, and it's, ah, jumping. The bombast? Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, because I, I wasn't too crazy about the last one, which I also just bought. Yeah. So I'll get another listen to it. Um, I, I'm, was it a heavy track? It- no, it was, a, it was a little bit more uh, upbeat and uh, poppy-ish, I would say. That's where, where Ed Guy in particular, has gone in the last few years since, um, I guess it kind of really started with, uh, a post-Mandrake. They kind of started went towards that poppy sound. And it's okay, but I mean, like, I really want some heavier stuff, which we got a good amount of with Avantasia, but I feel like the last one was a little bit too... Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Well, what I'm really interested in seeing is how the rest of the album plays out, because this is the... I think this is the one track that it's only Tobias singing on. All the other tracks have guest vocalists yeah. on them and whatnot, and guest musicians. I'm, I'm just hoping he mixes it up a little bit with the guest vocalists, because, like, 
I love Jorn Lande. I love Russell Allen. I love all those guys, but well, he's got he's he's got Jorn Lande, of course. I think. Well, he's got. Remember, he's got Sharon from Within Temptation coming back for the first time in a couple in like a decade okay, and a half. That's fine. Uh, D. Snyder is involved. Yes, Jeff Tate. Too. Okay, yeah, okay, that's right. I forgot. I forgot about all of this. Okay, yeah. now I'm excited again. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some heavy hitters up there again. So it it promises to be really good. Yeah, it just like we don't we don't need like as much as I do enjoy them. We don't need Bob Catley on there again. I love Russell Allen. We don't need him on there again. Russell Allen should just make another really good Symphony X record. I mean, they can they can pull Klaus again if Klaus is on the new album. They can pull Ripper again. That's fine. But like anything with Ripper is good. Yeah, Ripper doesn't have his own band really. So if anytime he's involved with something, it's awesome. All right. Well, that's all I got. Okay, so that means new releases are done. We can go on to news now. But hold on, wait. The dog is free. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck was that? (laughs) That everybody is our clip for that we've been talking about for weeks. Uh, I I think three months now we've been. Yeah, I have no news on anybody either passing away or being diagnosed with cancer or Or, terror attacks or 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 bus traps or significantly sick in any way. Yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing of that nature. So that's the first time we played it. I'd say in three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So. Everything is awesome. But moving on. <laughs> Trivium has a new drummer. His name is Paul whatever. <laughs> Again, I'm not I'm pronouncing shit. Pronunciation. <laughs> um, but he made his live debut uh, December 5th at the Knot Fest in Mexico. He was previously the drummer in the hit musical Rock of Ages, and he sat behind the kit for Kill Hannah during the band's main support run with the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, in May of 2014, Trivium parted ways with their original drummer, Nick Augusto, due to personal differences. You know, that's like the, the main thing. Um, and stepping in for him on Trivium's recent dates and the band's last record, Silence in the Snow, was the group's t- drum tech, uh, Matt Madero. Um, later on in the week, I didn't mention it in the script, is that they actually released a very lengthy statement about letting Matt go, basically. Personal differences, creative differences, yada, yada, yada. So... I was going to say that guy's name. It's uh, it's a funny way of saying Mike Portnoy. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) We're going to call him Pac Mortnoy. (laughs) 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 All right, here's one for the ages. Um, After the complete and utter embarrassment of having Tenacious D win Best Metal Award last year, here are this year's Grammy nominations. Hold on, before we continue that, I just want to say we do like Tenacious D, but yeah. that was just ridiculous. that was yeah, that was ridiculous. They're not a metal band, anyway. So we got August Burns Red with a song called Identity. Don't know. Got Ghost Cersei, Lamb of God, five twelve. Uh, yeah, five twelve. Seven Dust. Thank you. Slipknot Custer. Then that's it. I'm just gonna duck from your erection right now. <laughs> Listen, I am stoked to have. Ghost and Seven Dust get nominated for Grammys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Seven Dust has ever been nominated for a Grammy in the 20 years that they've been around. So this is awesome. Yeah. Um, Ghost, I just love the fact that they're getting this kind of mainstream uh, recognition. Um, only because the fact that I think people, I mentioned this before, people are finally looking past the whole shtick and looking at the music. And the music is fantastic. Absolutely. Did you say Slayer was on there? Uh, Slayer is not. Oh, I thought they were. No, Slipknot. Um, and the talk is... 
amongst us metalheads here is that we would obviously love to see Ghost win because it's the best track on the list. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you speak I, for me. Don't you speak for me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not- just talking about me and Pete. <laughs> um, but just for probably notoriety, not notoriety purposes, but popularity purposes, purposes, I'm seeing Slipknot win this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. I think just name recognition alone yeah. it gives but them a lot. It was often not good album. Well, that song is good, though. Okay. I love that song. I, I, I remember listening to the album and being like, uh, I, I actually really like the album. I'm, I was missing something there. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, I'm also a really big fan of Stone Sour, and I think that the band is kind of mixing the two sounds. They're still a little bit heavier than Stone Sour, yeah. but they get the, they got the pop sensibility, and they're, they're, they're keeping themselves very accessible mm-hmm. to, to, to their fans and new fans. Um, also, by the way, Slipknot, that record, uh, point five, the great chapter is nominated for best rock album. So they're not just metal; they're also rock. Uh, but they're nominated alongside artists like Muse and Death Cab for Cutie, which is just really weird. That's bizarre. Yeah. So, again, Grammys are clueless. So I, yeah, I mean, how much do you really care? You know, like I mean, we all talk about we all talk shit about it, but then it's like no one's gonna watch it because number one, the metal part is never televised. So we're all we're like a lot of people is like we're not gonna watch it blah blah blah. I was like, of course you're not gonna watch it because we don't get televised. So leave it at that. We'll just hear about it later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it would be cool that if they did televise it to see Ghost win and Papa go up there in full regalia and just be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or they're probably end up just sending up like a nameless ghoul up there and talk with the mask and everything. That would be even cooler. So anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Apparently, Rush drummer Neil Peart announced he's retired. Well, it wasn't so much of an announcement so much as it was that he was talking in an interview, and he says that lately Olivia, which is his daughter, has been introducing him to her friends at school as my dad. He's a retired drummer. And he says, true to say, funny to hear, which is what people are taking as an announcement that, yes, I am retired. Um... And it does. And he continues on to say, "It does pay me to realize that, like all athletes, there comes a time to take yourself out of the game. I would rather set it aside than face the predicament described in our song, losing it. Sadder still to watch it die than never to have known it." Well, of course, he's quoting himself there. So, <laughs> <laughs> a great man once wrote, <laughs> "Who said that? I did." <laughs> but later on in the week. Getty Lee updates us that Neil is only retiring from touring. Apparently, he has uh, tendonitis, and it's something that, of course, his consistent playing just causes a lot of pain. Uh, what he says is that we'll get together eventually and chat about things, but in my view, there's certainly nothing surprising in what he had to say. Neil just feels that he has to explain with all the thousands of people asking why no more tours, he needs to explain his side of it. So that's the way, that's the way Neil has been explaining his shit apparently but I mean if they continue to record albums and not tour or do like one off shows or like do a residency at like a Vegas venue I don't see a problem with it they are they just released R40 which is their 40th anniversary live DVD so it's about that time they're old as shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's amazing that that Getty Lee can still play with his fingers like that I mean arthritis alone yeah alright again back with Trivium Trivium's in the news a lot this week. Um, they're going to be taking a little bit of a break. On his personal Facebook page, frontman Matt Heffy revealed that he's having surgery on his nose. 
Uh, he's finally getting his broken nose fixed that he broke way back in the day when he was a kid in uh, karate. So he's been holding off of this for many years, apparently. Yeah, that's why he made the band, to make the money for that. <laughs> <laughs> now that I got insurance. You know, there was a thing called crowdfunding. <laughs> uh, it, he goes on to say it's a, a septum deviation correction surgery with turbinate minimizing. Okay. He says, at worst, my singing will be the same. At best, my singing will be easier and better. So they'll be out of commission for just a little while. <laughs> At worst, my singing will be the same. You just hear all the fans who hate silence in the snow go, "Ah, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> all right. Here's another one. This one's awesome. All right. Right up your alley here, yeah. buddy. Um, Blood Music is a label from Finland. Uh, they support my number one band from November, Kaun. Um, they're releasing a massive Emperor vinyl box set. It will contain 24 LPs alongside an additional 7-inch. Apparently, this is like the largest vinyl box set in metal history. Um, I don't have all the details. There was way too many to to write down about what each LP is going to consist of and what's going to be on the 7-inch. But you can definitely go to their website, www.blood-music.com, for more information and pre-ordering. It's pre-order is available December 9th, which was this past Wednesday. So that looks epic, like ridiculous. So, all right, continuing on, a little bit of classic rock here. Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page has told the UK's classic rock magazine that after spending so many years on the Zeppelin album remastering and re-releases, he will definitely be returning to performing live in 2016. <laughs> and that he was writing new music in a, quote, totally different way to anything he has done in the past. He has said it's taken a long time to get to this point, but I want to do it properly. And there will be surprises. That's what I've done all the way through my career, really. So, Jimmy Page, coming back. Wait, surprises? Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Any reason to use that clip is fantastic. All right. Continuing on with vinyl re-releases here, we got Universal Music Catalog has announced the January 2016 release of Deep Purple, the vinyl collection. Is this going to be like a huge box set of like everything? No. Okay. There, it's going to be a seven LP collection featuring the group, the group's albums spanning the period of 1972 to 1987. That's still a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's remastered from their original tapes, including apparently the first official remasters of Perfect Strangers and The House of the Blue Light. Pressed on 180-gram vinyl, they come complete with original inserts within replica sleeves and are housed together in a sturdy deluxe box. In addition to that, each album will also be available as a standalone title. So you don't just have to buy the box set. You can buy the albums individually, which is cool. Um, The albums featured on it is going to be Machine Head, Who Do We Think We Are, Burn, Stormbringer, Come Taste the Band, Perfect Strangers, and The House of the Blue Light. So pretty much... A lot of awesome purple right there. <laughs> a lot of shit right there. I mean, I love Perfect Strangers. Machine Head, of course, is classic, and Burn is really good. And yeah, who do we think we are? I have that one too. It's just really, yeah. I don't have a vinyl collection, but I'm mildly jealous of that. Well, vinyls again with vinyl making. A, I don't want to say a comeback because it <coughs> officially went away. Like they're doing a lot of re-releases yeah. on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's expensive as shit. Yeah, it's well, like, holy hell! Like, I, I like thirty bucks for a record. I wonder if that's just gonna become kind of like 
like a mainstay of just releasing these massive sets. Because I went to that website like for Blood Music, and there's another one on there that's like a 14 LP release for Moonsong. Well, yeah, that was like their and biggest one last year. Holy shit! Like they're just trying to up themselves every single year. <laughs> yeah, sooner or later they're just gonna buy. They're not gonna. They're just gonna forego metal and just re-release all of Bob Dylan stuff. Or, or Johnny Cash. Or Johnny Cash. Hey, let, me, let me pull out my, my 65 uh, disc box set. <laughs> and that only covers the Columbia years. <laughs> Prolific. Anyway, moving on. Here was an interesting one because I it, I would never picture this. Phil Anselmo's business practices with his House Court Records label are examined in a new interview at Forbes. Forbes.com. Uh, the interview looks at how Anselmo, who um, he kind of calls it a, a money pit, which I highly doubt, but he leverages his own notoriety and output to further that of the artists he assigned, taking them on tours or having them on splits with his own projects and more. Um, so it's very, it's actually, when I read the interview, it's actually really cool how he does do it because I never realized that of all the stuff that he's done, when he does, when he does splits, he does his own track, Phil Anselmo and name that band he, then he's on the other side or the, he splits it with one of the bands on his label like um, um, Child Bite I think is the name is it yeah. and uh, War Beast I think is another one those are the ones that we could so, have seen yeah the ones that we missed at, at, at Housecore yeah. and then of course the Housecore Horror Festival and pretty much Crowbar's last album was on that record label so he, he pretty much uses himself and his notoriety and his name to help out all these other little bands it's, it's basically coattail riding yeah <laughs> And he lets it happen, yeah. and not so much lets it happen. He kind of encourages it yeah. to help out these other bands. And well, that's that's what you should be doing as a, as a name in the music industry. Yeah, I mean, fuck you, Gene Simmons. You know, <laughs> we had that conversation like weeks back. Yeah, we're not we're not even gonna get into that. But uh, but still, I just I just found that the fact that they that Forbes, a magazine that you don't really would think of to cover something like that, went ahead and did that for something. As I would say, extreme as Phil and Solo, because some of his projects are really out there. Why would Forbes even want to care? So awesome. Well, it's just acknowledging that he's got some sort of um, a, a smart biz, uh, business ethic. Yeah. You know, as so far as, as far as you know, picking up smaller bands and bringing them up. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. It's it's definitely like just generally good recognition for something out of the ordinary. That's yeah. Good, and that's definitely cool because like you don't again you don't see that often in metal in particular. Yeah. So. All right, last bit of just general news here. Metal Injection has actually confirmed that Lamb of God's Chris Adler will indeed play drums for Megadeth on their upcoming tour. When's the Anthrax Lamb of God tour? I think it's after this because uh, the Megadeth tour is early in the year. I think the Lamb of God tour is like right after that. Okay. So I don't think there's going to be any uh, any uh, crossing the streams there. Okay. But that was it for general news. What comes next? Is it a... Uh... Recording. Recording news. Recording news. All right. Darkest Hour recently spent some time at Sphere Studios in North Hollywood, California, working on some new material. Um, I like Darkest Hour. Uh, um, you know, they're they're good. So if you're a fan of Darkest Hour, they're going to be releasing something probably next year, just adding to the plethora of 2016 releases already. Yeah, i got to start putting together my list of things I'm excited for in 2016. So. Yeah. Um, he is Legend. They had a crowdfunding campaign and ended last week they raised a total of $70,000 the band originally set the goal as only $56,000 so they um, surpassed their 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 goal so hopefully they use it for recording and not whatever else Hookers and blow. <laughs> the band will head into Warrior Studio in Chapel Hill North Carolina 
tomorrow, that being December 7th, uh, to begin retracting the effort. So they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now that they got the money, <laughs> here's the money, let's go. <laughs> and they're walking out with like big burlap sack. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Crowbar, we just mentioned them a few seconds ago. Uh, guitarist, vocalist Kirk Winstein um, was talking about plans for the next record, the follow-up to Symmetry in Black, which came out in 2014. And he says, we've got four songs written that are really killer. We'll probably get at least another one or two, hopefully two, written between when this tour, he's currently on tour with Soulfly, ends in November, and going out with High on Fire in December. So they're probably on tour right now. Um, then in the month of January, we really need to buckle down, make sure we finish up the other half of the record, and get in the studio in February to record it. So be looking for a new Crowbar record probably in the second half of 2016. Mm-hmm. And... The last Crowbar record, Symmetry in Black, was really fucking good. Um, I am a big fan of Crowbar now because of that record, and I'm looking forward to anything that Kirk does. So, definitely looking forward to that one. Okay. Right up your alley here, Dan. Former Motley Crue singer John Karabi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's planning to release a live album and DVD of his performance of the band's entire 1994 self-titled album, which he recorded earlier this year in Nashville. See, as cool as it is that he's releasing this, I saw it live. I don't need to buy it. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm supposed to be reporting on recording news. So there, okay. dickhead. Yeah. Actually, you know... You don't speak I, for me. I just realized that uh, I, we forgot to do uh, what else you've been listening to this week because I did listen to that album this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Well, then. Well, douche. <laughs> um, moving on. Chris Cornell from Soundgarden says that they will resume work on this band's uh, seventh studio album when he finishes his tour behind his latest solo effort, Higher Truth. It's amazing when you realize that they're only seven albums in. Right? Uh, This album will be the follow-up to 2012's King Animal, which was their comeback record from their hiatus, Mm -hmm. which was really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 90s grunge in 2012. It sounded great, so... Oh, here's one off for you too, buddy. (gasps) Former Iron Maiden singer Paul Diano. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You got to start writing these into the script so I know what to expect. Um, But he's teaming up with French singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Stéphane Hund. Uh, He's from Hollywood Monsters and the Stars. Uh, they're going to record a cover version of David Bowie's song Heroes to benefit the victims of the Paris attacks in, on November 13th. I actually legitimately have no issue with Paul Diano. A lot of people do. Um, his last thing, The Architects of Chaos, was actually pretty good for what I heard of it. So mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> you said Iron Maiden, and I was like, <gasps> and then no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, according to Diano, he left, up the, he left it up to Steph to get the rest of the band together. Uh, but we've got a couple of the usual old suspects like Rudy Sarzo mm. from Quiet Riot, Ozzy Osbourne, Dio. And apparently they got Simon Kirk uh, playing drums for them, who's from Free. Yeah. So it should be Free. a pretty you know interesting track regardless. Bad Company too, right? Uh, Simon Kirk was... I'm not sure. I thought he was Bad Company as well. Uh, they just said... he, he I, In the quote it just says from Free. So. Uh, I could be wrong. All right. Next up, this one's more for Pat right here. Sabaton. <laughs> recorded their concerts at the Wacken Open Air Festival in Germany and at their hometown festival, Sabaton Open Air in, yeah, where they're from. <laughs> <clears throat> For an upcoming DVD CD package called Heroes on Tour. Uh, this album, this 
DVD CD release is due on March 4th via Nuclear Blast and will set and the set will contain two DVDs and a CD. The second DVD will feature two switchable viewing angles live and in the studio. So that's pretty cool. The only thing that I really want on this is a mini documentary about him walking to the venue. Right? Yeah. I would love that. That'd that be looks, hilarious. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so funny. Just make it really dramatic. And right? <laughs> Especially like the first part of it because he was hung over like the next day. <laughs> Probably him like step like... <laughs> 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 All right. French band Gojira. Um, their debut album Terra, Terra Incognita will be re-released on vinyl. And CD next year, likely around its upcoming 15th anniversary. Uh, the band themselves are also offering a new digital download of the offering. And it looks like a new studio album from the group is also expected in the new year with more details to come as they get in there. So if Gojira uh, releases another album in 16, that'd be really fucking cool. Cool. Because the last one, La Enfant Sauvage, was really good. American Head Charge. Remember us? We mentioned them last week. We weren't sure they were still a thing, but apparently they are because they will be releasing their fourth album, Tango Umbrella, on March 25th. Oh, good for you! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Jesus Christ, where are you getting these? <laughs> I hope these are coming up on the microphone, man. <laughs> if oh. not, I can just put them back into the, into the, uh, the mix. Yeah, good. Because, <laughs> God damn, that's good. <laughs> All right, Extreme... Um, excuse me, Greek extreme metalist Rotting Christ, who I mentioned before, will release their new album Rituals on February 12th uh, via Season of Mists. Um, you can stream their new single on SoundCloud right now. I listen, like I said, mentioned earlier, I listened to it. it's really good. So if the album sounds anything like that, it's going to be a good one. All right, German thrash metalist Exumer have set the Raging Tides as the title of their fourth full-length album due on January 29th via Metal Blade. I actually listened to the track that they have going on. It's a title track. Mm -hmm. um, really good German thrash metal. I mean, if you're into Accept and some, um, you know, Overkill. Creator. Yeah, Creator. Well, Overkill's not German, but just the sound yeah. uh, sound of Overkill. Yeah, yeah you're going to like this band. So definitely check them out. And last bit of recording news here. Dead Cross is the new quote-unquote punk outfit featuring Dave Lombardo, our favorite ex-member of Slayer alongside members of The Locust and Retox. Um, they've begun recording their debut album, and it should be due for a 2016 release. So Dave Lombardo keeping busy. Well, last time, last time when he was... I don't know if he left or was fired from Slayer, but he did a Grip Inc. for a while. Yeah, and he's got his other band, Film. Yeah. And he was in Phantomas. Yeah, he's keeping busy. So, was it Phantomas or Tomahawk? That was a great question. I have no idea. I think it's Phantomas. Because I'm pretty sure I saw Phantomas open up for Tool way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it was, of course, Mike Patton, Dave Lombardo, and Buzz from the from the Melvins. Mm. I think that was Phantomas. Gotcha. But I could be totally wrong. You could be, and are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get that clip. Yeah, that, that's a clip I need. That's a clip we need. But uh, is that it for recording? Yes, that is it for recording. All right, so now we got touring news. Yes, touring news. And they're came out a, a couple of them here um decapitated we've mentioned decapitated a lot since they had that uh visa problem a couple of weeks ago um but they will launch a north american headlining tour of their own before joining at the gates the haunted and harm's way um decapitated will be joined by black breath and theories so i we mentioned i think we announced a while ago that decapitated is going to be at, with that at the gates the haunted and so on and so forth 
I think it was March. It looks like Decapitate is going to be going on tour, I think, in January. I didn't write down the dates. So back-to-back tours for Decapitated. All right, that Megadeth tour we mentioned earlier is Megadeth, Suicidal Tendencies, Children of Bodo, and Havoc. Uh, North America tour dates have been announced. Um, they got a show in Dallas and Houston for us Texas people and two dates in New York. So that's going to be pretty sweet. I, I kind of want to see this mostly because of Suicidal Tendencies. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've already seen Children of Bodom and I've already seen uh, Megadeth. Yeah. But it's a generally well-rounded package. Yeah, I think so. I think Havoc's another one of those uh, young thrash metal bands that are out there right now. So it's definitely worth the check out just for support reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely want to check that out. I think they I think they say, say this was might have been only the first part of the tour. Mm. Um or is that, I might be thinking about a different tour that we mentioned last week, but yeah. you know, the only thing is like 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 out of, of those four bands, none of them are the ones that like make me sit there and say like I have to see this. I must jump and ahead and chance. And yeah, and there's there's honestly, if they come around to San Antonio and like another time, that'd be cool. But I don't know if driving to Houston would be worth. I'm not sure. I think I would want to see Suicidal Tendencies do their own tour. Yeah. That would be the, the situation I'd like to see them in. So. Yeah. All right. Next up. A large chunk of bands have been announced for the 2016 Download Festival at Donington Park in uh, June 10th through the 12th. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a couple of the, the main headliners. Do or I not, have to clear have... some space for some, some erections? Yes, okay. you just might, including your own here. All right, <laughs> Friday, June 10th, you got Ramstein, Korn, Motorhead, <laughs> Havoc, Killswitch Engage, and Skillet. Saturday, June 11th, you got Sabbath. Deftones, Megadeth, Architects, Atreyu, Down, Rival Sons, Skindred, and Tesseract. <sighs> Sunday, you got Iron Maiden, Nightwish, Disturbed, The Lane, Ghost, Gojira, Hailstorm, Saxon, and Tremonte. And that's just the main bands that I kept on the list. There's a whole shit ton of other bands on each day. So, again, big fucking festival. Donington is always one of those or download is one of those big festivals you always hear about, and that is a fucking killer yeah. lineup. And that Sunday one is... Yeah, that Sunday good. one is like, man, I would go just for that. Like, shit. Yeah. Well, so, continuing on with our festival lineups here, uh, lineups for the Monster Energy Welcome to Rockville and Monster Energy Fort Rock festivals. Uh, Monster Energy seems to be sponsoring a lot of big festivals nowadays. Uh, they've announced... Uh, this pretty much the same kind of uh, same bands are playing at both shows, so it's not a touring thing, but it's just very similar artists. Uh, you got Rob Zombie, Disturbed, Five Finger Death Punch, Lamb of God, Ghost, Anthrax, Megadeth, and many, many more. That sounds at, like a pretty good lineup. Yeah, and like I said, there's a lot more other bands at both festivals, and this is only the early stages. They're going to be announcing more as they go. So I mean, these big like these are American festivals too. These are happening in like Florida, so. Um, it's something to get excited about. Like we're starting to get like bigger and better festivals here in America. And you and I have talked early on in the podcast about the, the downfall of that, especially the touring ones like Ozfest and yeah. stuff like that. But just wait for something to come along and ruin it. Right. Some, one, of, one of the festivals, something goes wrong. Someone shoots someone and it's fucking all over again. Yeah. All right. Uh, metal Allegiance, which is the all-star metal band featuring Dave Ellison, um, the singer of death angel, Phil from Machine Head, Mark Portnoy, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, Alex Skolnick from Testament. Um, they've announced they're going to be doing a short West Coast um, 
tour, I guess you can call it, pretty much playing four different venues on like in California. So I think that might be the first or second time that the band is actually performing together mm-hmm. live. So that should be pretty cool. That, that, that's cool just to, to see, to see all those guys up on stage. Like, again, what I heard of the album, I wasn't keen on, but just to see... Well, you also know that when these guys get together, they're going to do their own stuff, and they're going to do probably really awesome covers. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much a jam session for these guys. I, we thought we thought that about James Labrie, and look what happened. Oh, yeah, mm. he, he played a whole lot of covers that we didn't know. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. All right, big death metal tour going around this uh, this year. Um, Cannibal Corpse is going to be headlining a North America tour with Obituary, Cryptopsy, and Abysmal Dawn. San Antonio date, March 14th at the Aztec. I think we're going to that. That I already got my tickets. That sounds (laughs) so fucking good. I mean, Cannibal Corpse is, of course, legendary. Obituary is right up there as, like, the pioneers of Florida death metal. And Mm -hmm. Abysmal Dawn's (laughs) album this year, I think it was this year, came out. It was really good. So this this is, like... Death metal heaven, yeah. For lack of a better it's term, be really good. It's be a good show. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not huge into death metal, but I would like to see obituary and cannibal corpse. I want to see corpse grinder. I yeah. mean, I just want to see him do his thing. I love it. So, yeah, definitely worth a check out on that one. Here's one for both of us, uh, Pete. I saw this. Yeah. Behemoth, of course, it's only in Europe. Will be performing their entire The Satanist album, front to back, in uh, on their. European run in early 2016. They also plan to bring a brand new exhibition concept, The Congregation, on tour. This exhibition will be dubbed a synopsis, I guess, a symbiosis, I'm sorry, of Behemoth and Toxic Vision, um, and will showcase the collaborative work between Behemoth and Toxic Vision, which is the artist that Behemoth has been working closely with over the past few years in terms of stage outfits, music videos, uh, photos, stage props, and such. Um, the exhibition is planned to be held in tent, uh, a capsule created to capture an experience on its own and built solely for this purpose. Uh, the first time this actually happened, uh, they did an inst- installation at the renowned Inferno Festival. So, it looks like to be kind of like a, a mild, like media multimedia event for Behemoth fans out there. So that should be really cool. But plus. The Satanist in its entirety live, front I mean, to back. There's that alone. Yeah, you know? I'll go see that by itself all day, every day. So, all right. This week, and there's still a thing. Orgy, Boba Flex, and Death Valley High. What the flying? <laughs> right. <laughs> they will park on the Pop Killers tour. There is a San Antonio date, um, January third, at the Corova. Last bit of touring news, um, not so much a tour as um, January 30th will be the official kickoff of the first annual Florida Metal Fest, organized by brothers John and Donald Tardy of Death Metal Legends Obituary. So yeah. Obituary is back in the news again. Uh, so far, some of the lineup includes Obituary, Corrosion and Conformity, Deicide, Trouble, and many more. Okay. Yeah, so that sounds pretty badass too. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah. That's the last bit of uh, touring news. And I think that's it for news then. Yes, that is it for news. See, I was trying to make a clip uh, for, for news earlier, and uh, I was going to use the Megadeth, uh, this is the news clip from uh, P-Cells, uh-huh. but it sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so eventually there will be a news clip, and then there will be one for this, which we have to kind of improvise ourselves, because we're going on to, I believe, social media highlight. Oh, metal in the charts? Oh, metal in the charts, yeah. Um, clip for metal in the charts, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
this one I, I I still like doing this one. It's really fun, especially right now. It's really interesting to see what's in the charts to begin with because of the time of year. Yeah. Christmas is dominating the charts. Period. Dominance. Aside from Adele still being number one and selling many, 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 many more records. Um, so let's just get right into it. Trans Siberian Orchestra, the new one, Letters from the Labyrinth, down a little bit from thirty-eight to forty-nine. That's still not bad. Still not bad. This is still my surprise, though. Fleetwood Mac Rumors, the actual album, not the greatest hits, but the actual album is still relatively high um, at 65. Dad gift. But they they still have their greatest hits record in there um, at 137. Mom gift. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> your number one album from September, Got Your Six. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, what? That wasn't right? Oh. God, yo, six. <laughs> Five Figure Death Punch is still holding strong at um, 77. Trans-Siberian Orchestra with number two on the charts here. Uh, there's number two record on the charts here. The Lost Christmas Eve. It's up big from uh, 124 to 93. Uh, moving on. Disturbed. Immortalized. Still up on there on the charts. Moving up from 138 to 103. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rush. The R40 Live took a dive from 24 to 113. But. <laughs> Trans-Siberian Orchestra with their third album on the charts, Christmas Eve and Other Stories, is up from one uh, up to 118 from 128. Okay. Trans-Siberian Orchestra with their fourth album on the charts, The Christmas Attic, on the charts at 146 after not being on last week at all. <sighs> Master of Puppets is at 175. And Justice for All is still at 195, which is holding strong for the last two weeks. This is my from out of nowhere for the week. Green Days, American Idiot is back on the charts at 193 after not being on the charts at all. And Danzig, Skeletons, debuts at 198. (laughs) So we will not be seeing him again next week. (laughs) Yeah. And that is Metal in the Charts. As you can see... Trans-Siberian Orchestra is still holding strong for us in the month of December, but metal in general is definitely slipping. Let me, let me uh, before we go into social media highlights, I want to say a quick thing. Uh, for those of you who've been on the Facebook page uh, for the Shred Check in the last day, which by the time this gets uploaded, that'll be the last three days, we've uh, Pat started posting up holiday music. And my immediate response was to go onto YouTube and type in Heavy Metal Kwanzaa. And I found nothing, and I'm angry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, are there heavy metal Hanukkah songs? I did not look for uh, heavy metal Hanukkah yet, but I was like, I want to find something like the other holidays that happen. But like, we we need a we need a freaking metal Kwanzaa song as well. Well, across the counter, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not even gonna touch that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, we, we we need some more some more other holiday fun. So get on that, folks. All right. Now we go on to are we up to social media? Yes, we are I now. I, I are you have... not reading the script? <laughs> That's the purpose of this. <laughs> All I have in front of me are buttons. <laughs> you seriously just rickrolled me. <laughs> That's not even cool. <laughs> it's the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> But anyway, social media highlight. We need to get a fucking clip of get that motherfucker on the phone. Yes, that's 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 on my 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 to do list. Ugh. 
Uh, but for right now, for social media highlight, uh, someone in this room uh, is um, an overachiever. Yeah. And decided to pull out four. So what we're going to do is you're going to start, and then me, and then you, and then Pete, and then back to you for two more. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, the reason I did four is because I, I didn't have any new releases. I only had Pomegranate Tiger. Um, and then the end of the week came in with all the singles. So that, that that's why I kind of did my overachievement thing. Oh, and the, 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 the best band name and album title for the week was Shaving the Werewolf, by the way. <laughs> yes. What was the album the again? The Pissing Link. The Pissing Link, Shaving yes. Shaving the Werewolf, The Pissing Link. It's a damn shame that... <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> but, Chris, go ahead. All right. My first one up is called Grimner. Swedish Viking metal band in the same vein of um, Monomarth. Their debut album. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Come on, you're better at this, Pete. What, what, what do I got here? Blood Simner. Pretty sure, like, like. Yeah, it's definitely not American, um, but it's available on Spotify and uh, GrimnerBandcamp.com. Uh, they also have a acoustic EP released this year. That's out. Um, from their Facebook page, they say incorporating folk instruments such as flutes and the mandala into their own melodic yet aggressive brand of metal, and with lyrics that honor, honor, sorry, honor the Norse gods and fallen warriors of old. So, if you feel like checking them out, you can check them out on Facebook.com slash Grimner, S-W-E. That's it, actually. Uh, Twitter is at Grimner, S-W-E, and Instagram is at Grimner Band. So, I thoroughly enjoyed them. Okay. Um, the band that I picked for this week is a band called Wasteland Rocks. in R-O-C-K-S. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Pete, take note here. <laughs> um, but this is a... Uh... <laughs> Pete rocks one, the exclamation point. Uh, but they are a uh, traditional metal five-piece from Norway, female-fronted. Um, a lot of what the band has done during their career, because they've been around for at least a decade now, I think, um, much of what they've done during their career is do a lot of covers. Um, so I guess they're kind of like like a tribute band to the older acts. So they pull out some Maiden, they pull out some Dio, Black Sabbath, White Snake. Um, I saw like two Iron Maiden songs on there. But the, the, the classic era of, of metal. Um, and 
what you can find on their SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash wastelandrocks, pretty much reflects this because most of the tracks they have available are live tracks and a few studio tracks of them uh, covering these tra- uh, these songs. But for the sake of this, I wanted to focus a little bit more on the original material because they do they do some really respectable note-for-note covers of those songs. Uh, uh, their cover of The Wicker Man by Iron Maiden in particular was really good. But um, their original stuff... Three tracks that they have up on their page is called Princess, The Last Drop, and I Say Burn. Do you think that you are ready to believe? What's blind I can see, now when all the breeze comes over me. Slip into the wall of darkness, rise with the strength of the waves, when I say burn. The last drop kind of has a strong new wave of British heavy metal vibe to it, uh, kind of sounding a little bit like um, Priest, earlier Priest, before they started hitting like their really metal stride, British steel, um, for vengeance stride, kind of like go back a little bit to um, Sad Wings of Destiny type. Mm. Um, even the vocals sound a little bit like uh, Halford um, because the, the the lady sings in a deeper in a deeper tone, so she's not trying to hit the high notes, but like matching um, Rob Halford's singing voice in like verses and whatnot so it sounds really good the other two tracks Princess and I Say Burn they bear a lot of resemblance to Latter Day Dio where they kind of trade off speed for a heavier song and then you have again deep vocals kind of looming over them and just making it a little bit more uh, creepy and a little scarier Um, definitely a good start for their original material so I'm hoping they churn out some more stuff in the near future Um, I feel like the most recent one they did was Princess, and I'm not sure when they actually released it, but hopefully there's more coming. Uh, if you're interested in checking them out, like I said, the SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash wastelandrocks. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash wastelandrocks, or on Twitter at wastelandrocks. So back to me. All right, next one up is uh, Tesora. They are a neo, neo-gothic neo rock band from the Czech Republic. Um, from their Facebook page, uh, the band is characterized by the clean female vocals of the charismatic lead vocalist Lori, large participation of keyboards and synths, and simply dreamy melodies, which all is true. It's really, really good, um, like I said, gothic rock. It's like a little mildly metal-ish. Like they have some pretty heavy guitars in there, but there's no... There's no blast beats. There's no like driving uh, uh, guitar riffs or anything like that. Uh, but if you're a fan of Lacuna Coil, Within Temptation, and Epica, of without all the male vocals, like just the female vocals, you definitely dig this stuff. It's actually really good. Her voice is really fun to listen to because it's a little bit different than all three of them. Mm-hmm. It's not operatic like Epica. And it's not nearly as rockish as Lacuna Coil. It's kind of that middle ground, okay. which is really cool. Um, all the music is available for streaming on their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Tesoro Official. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Tesoro Official and Instagram at Tesoro. And Pete has one today. Got one today. Hey, right. Pete is prepared. He's rocking it now. 
All right, so my social highlight, uh, social media highlight, is Storm the Sun. metal band out of Dallas, Texas. They had a new album out back in March called Return from Dust. It's their second full length. Um, this is a modern heavy metal band through and through. They're very much in the vein of like Trivium or um, maybe even Bullet for My Valentine. Uh, they're mostly fast-paced, double bass drums throughout. Uh, it has an even mixture of like clean vocals and metal growls. growls. Um, my favorite track on the album, the latest one, is uh, a track called Child of the Sun. It has that perfect metal formula of starting off really brutal and speedy, switches into a soaring chorus, and then finishes strong with a, a really great groove metal solo. And I wanted to highlight these guys because I got to see them back in January when they opened for Dark Tranquility and Insomnium, and they actually put on a really amazing show. Like It was totally unexpected for like an opening band. Um, the vocalist, his name is Chase Ditto, he's just dominates the stage with his energy and like their drummer um i think his name is adam shepherd is just a beast on the kit um so they're pretty active in the and, and supportive of the dallas music scene so if you're ever over there and they're putting on a show definitely go give them a check out um you can find them on facebook at facebook.com uh, slash storm the sun twitter at storm the sun and at their website storm the sun.com awesome well all right so i got two more you got two more <laughs> all right this one, this band followed me a while back, and I just wanted to listen to them based on their name. They're called The Russian Sleep Experiment. I think it's from a movie. I think it's a horror movie. Uh, I didn't do any kind of research. Are they actually Russian? No, not at all. They're actually from Milwaukee. Good, then I will not feel bad doing this. They're building bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Continue. They are unsigned progressive metalcore band, but their their sound is metalcore without the clean vocals, so it's all all harsh vocals. Um, From their Facebook page, they say they combine technical rhythms, soaring leads and solos, Unique high yells and incredible low screams with calm yet vivid clean guitars and beautiful me- melodies that run throughout the music. And this actually really, really holds true. There's a lot of really heavy guitar parts, but there's this layer of very mellow, not when I say mellow, but melodic um, guitars over it all. And it's actually really cool, the interplay between those two. But And again, all harsh vocals, uh, no clean vocals whatsoever. It was definitely really enjoyable to listen to. If you're not if you're not really a fan of metalcore, this really isn't up your alley. You probably give it a pass, but definitely 
worth checking out at least once. Uh, you can follow him, you can check him out on facebook.com slash TRSE band, uh, Twitter at uh, Twitter at TRSE underscore band, and also Instagram at TRSE underscore band. And the last one I got is Coneskin. Italian progressive alternative rock band. Um, their Facebook page describes them as evocative soundscapes are the background to unusual mel- melodic solutions played with rock-like intensity with attention to rhythm and timber. Long and somehow hypnotic compositions merge in unpredictable and twisted forms. I like I like the way that some of this description is worded. It's like long and somehow hypnotic. We don't know how we're doing it, but we're fucking you up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's definitely this aspects of the slower prog rock of like latter day Opeth, Porcupine Tree, and Tool, with long mellow instrumental parts and soothing mi- and soothing singing mixed with some heavier guitar moments. Um, I listened to their uh, newest EP on uh, Bandcamp, and after that, I followed them on Twitter, and they they said, you know, thanks for the follow. I told them. Uh, they're going to be the one of my social media highlights this week on the podcast, and they said, "Awesome! Thanks for the support. Let us send you a CD." So it has shipped yesterday. I should be expecting that in the next couple of days. So I want to say thank you guys for sending me the CD, and I will definitely be sharing it with these guys and everyone else who wants to take a listen to it. You can see them on um, on Bandcamp, also their Facebook page, facebook.com/coneskin1, and you can follow them on Twitter, Twitter at coneskin. Okay. And that is it for our social media highlight. I don't know why I say that is it, because that was a fucking lot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, But we are going to move into our discussion for the week, which you guys were, like, super excited for, because you came up with this, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, we were, I was training Pete, and we were listening to the Northern Kings. And we all, we were just thinking about some of the songs that they've done. Anyone who's listening who doesn't know the Northern Kings, it's pretty much a super tribute group. Featuring uh, the singer from Sonata Arctica, Marco from Nightwish, and who else? Oh, um... <sighs> fuck. JP well, from... from uh, I can't remember the name. Fuck. Caron. And the other guy... I don't know what band he was in. Well, let's just say is that pretty much, like, the European power metal like qua- uh, quartet, right? Yeah. Of just awesome singers are covering... Songs that you might not expect, because um, these are metal guys covering sometimes '80s pop songs, um, and just just songs that you wouldn't think of. They're not metal covering metal; they're metal covering other things. So we're talking Sinead O'Connor, we're talking Tears for Fears here, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, Seal, uh, Seal like you said, Seal, um, Duran Duran, Jethro Tull, Peter Gabriel, uh, Peter Gabriel. So it's metal doing other things, and Pete and I started thinking of it like, man. There are certain non-metal artists that we will love our metal bands to cover. And then we also started talking about um, non-metal artists covering metal songs and 
some of our favorites of metal artists covering non-metal tracks. Mm-hmm. So what we came up with was just, let's just, just talk about it. Uh, and one of the things I, we talked about, the first, thing, the first name that came to mind of metal artists covering a certain person that they haven't done enough of is Meatloaf. Um, the only one I know of on the top of my head came out this past year is from Zandiria when they covered uh, I Would Do Anything for Love. But I went back and after this, we talked about it in the gym, I listened to Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. And the only thing I heard when Meatloaf was singing was Marco's voice singing Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. That's all I heard. And it's like, why haven't they done this yet? It, it almost doesn't make sense because like when I, when I heard that Northern Kings album and I started thinking about like Nightwish and all those all those bands, it's like, I mean, they're clearly influenced by artists like Meatloaf, and it's just amazing that there's not, like, that whole album should just have, like, covers dedicated to it right? from these bands, you know? I'm just, there's just, some of those things just kind of surprise you. Like, some bands that are really, like, very famous and popular in, like, a lot of songs, and, like, you would think that they would be covered a little bit more, and it's just surprising that they're not. Like, like we said, Meatloaf. Um, I have a short list here of songs that, or of artists that I think should be covered a little bit more. Um, the Allman Brothers. I mean, any band that has a twin gu- guitar attack who hasn't covered the Allman Brothers is just kind of wasting their talent, I think. Um, just because of anything that the Allman Brothers did involving both um, Dickie Betts and Greg Allman, and you're not covering it, is just wow. Wow. Um, Leonard Cohen, uh, singer songwriter, he's been around for ages. He's the one who originally did the song Hallelujah that you've heard multiple covers of. He has some really good songs. Um, specifically, uh, I don't actually have a list of songs here, but he has some really dark material that would really fit um, a metal band covering. Um, there is one that I found um, by Sirenia. They've done First We Take Manhattan. I don't know if you guys know, follow, know that song, First We Take Manhattan, Then We Take Berlin. Um, it's just a really good song. He has a very deep voice in it, and the way that Sirenia did it is really fucking good. So that was again. I just think that Leonard Cohen lends itself to be covered more, right? You know, I, I went the route. Uh, I went back to the kind of my oldies here. So, like the one of my favorite songs is "Time in a Bottle" by Jim Croce. Uh, it's a it's a song from the 1970s. It's a very bittersweet folk song. Um, it, it was actually really, it's really sad in the sense that like, it got released I think in 1970 around there, and then Jim Croce actually passed away in a, a plane accident, plane crash, uh, a couple of years after it was released. So, the lyrics in that song are a lot about um, you know mortality and like wanting more time for stuff, and it was actually much more poignant you know when it got released because he died not long after. And I went on YouTube looking to see if maybe there's a metal cover of this song, because uh, this is something I've never really heard a metal cover for. And there's only one cover by, it was like a, a hair metal band, Danger Danger. So I don't, I'm not counting that. Um, <laughs> you don't count hair metal. No, we're not counting that. Um, but it, it just would lend itself, because it's so, like that, that melancholic kind of theme to it, it was perfect for pretty much any kind of metal artist to do, whether it's on the extreme end or the more traditional heavy metal side. Um, so that was one that I'm hoping at some point gets covered. Um, other artists that I think should be covered, Bruce Springsteen is not covered nearly enough in metal, I think. I mean, he is a great lyricist. His songs are awesome. Um, and I think there's some bands out there that can probably really do something really special with a, a Bruce Springsteen song. Like, 
Um, we did find one. Uh, I don't think I wrote it down, but Rachel and I were were spending Sunday night just going back and forth on YouTube, and she, she I think she found a really good cover of "Born to Run." But then that's "Born to Run." He has so many other songs that could be covered that it's just there's, there's so many opportunities for metal bands to like take advantage of this. Um, I'm not counting the Ghost of Tom Joad by um, Raging Against Machine for so because because like that's yeah, nah. I'd much rather have like a really hard hard heavy metal band cover a Bruce Springsteen song. What about you, bud? You don't hear Aerosmith covered enough by metal bands. Uh, that's I would say yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. No. Uh, aside from Dream On being done by Yngwie Malmsteen and, and Dio, I can't, right. think of, I can't think of much more. Like, that would be actually be considered metal. Yeah. Because a lot of their stuff does lend itself to be covered by metal. Kings and Queens. Oh. On its own. Oh, my yeah. God. Right, right, right there and then. That is one of my favorite Alice Smith wow. songs of all time. That's... That would be so good as yeah, a heavy metal track. Like, that yeah. one, above all others, would be ideal to be covered by a metal man. Why... Certain, there are certain songs like I I, I couldn't hear a, 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 an artist's entire catalog being done, but certain songs by Bob Dylan. I wrote down Bob Dylan too. Yeah. Masters of War. Yes. I've heard Bob Weir cover that. I think it's his name. Guy from From the Dead. From Dead. Yeah. yeah. I've heard him cover it, and you know, I when I'm talking about like artists that are older like that, I've heard different versions by artists who are not metal, and I'm like they did some really good stuff with that. Like you were mentioning Springsteen, Johnny Cash covered "Further on Down the Road" by Springsteen, and he—it's fantastic. Uh-huh. Get a metal band to cover something like that and, and mess around with it, you can make it just as cool. So you know, so something, some stuff by Dylan. Like a lot of it, I don't think would be would translate well. But yeah, ways. some of his more his more major key stuff, some of his more love songs would not transfer well. But definitely more of his protest songs would. Of course, "Masters of War," uh, "Blowing in the Wind" might. Do really good as like a power metal ballad. Mm. Um, I could see like like Blind Guardian taking on something like that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, I also wrote down ZZ Top. Um, they are an amazing rock band, yeah. and the fact that I mean, how has Zach Wild not done a ZZ Top cover? Mm. I mean, he would rock that hard, um, including like or bands like um, some of the more retro rock bands like uh, The Sword or Wolf Mother. How have these guys not covered ZZ Top? Mm-hmm. You know, because they're stealing riffs from them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> nailed that one on the head. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I also wrote down this one might be not might be a very popular one. Um, Dave Matthews. Um, I, hear me out here. Depends on the song. I. The main song I have in mind is Halloween. His song Halloween yes. is really like dark for that kind of band. One of my favorites by him. And I think that would translate very well into a metal track. And if you listen to Dave Matthews and you listen to his bass lines, if you were to transfer those bass lines to an eight-string guitar and do it a gent style, it would sound fucking incredible. <laughs> so I think, like thinking outside the box here, a metal band could do something special with um, a Dave Matthews track. Yeah. Again, it's not wouldn't it be the most popular choice, but the thing is, we're, that's what we're trying to think of, like outside the box here. I think also his song "Gravedigger," his solo track, that, yeah, that could translate pretty well, I'd say. So, um, I'm gonna throw one out here from left field, and it's it's actually more of an entire genre, like 
I was thinking about well, the whole like our whole conversation about Skiltron came up because I was saying that you know I never hear a lot of more like Latin American bands doing kind of folk metal. You know, like <laughs> when they do come out, they do like Celtic or like Viking kind of metal, like mm-hmm. you know emulating that. So I was just thinking too, like you know, a lot of kind of like Spanish pop or even you know Spanish ballads could be done in a, a metal style. I'm thinking of artists like Juanes. Like Juanes is a really big you know act in Central and South America, and I could not find any kind of legitimate covers from metal bands of his songs. And he has he has a very prolific catalog too. And the thing is, I know it can work because and it can work in really weird ways because one of the best examples of a metal band covering a Spanish song is actually Ensiferum. Ensiferum did a cover of Gypsy King's Bamboleo. And you gotta understand, this is, that's a Finnish band, doesn't speak Spanish, covering a Spanish song, and so they're like mumbling through the chorus, <laughs> which is like the most metal thing to do, and then all of a sudden when it gets to the chorus, it's like clean, it's a great rendition of the actual Bamboleo chorus, and it just sounds so good. It's probably, it somehow does justice to that song in a really fun way. So it's possible. And I think that that's something that needs more representation here. Sounds awesome. Uh, there, when I was doing my searches, I found, um, I did a couple searches for like the cure and the police and David Bowie. There actually are a lot of metal covers for those three bands. And I was actually taken aback by that. I, I didn't think there'd be so many, but one that I found that I really, really liked was atrocity. Did a cover of let's dance by David Bowie that turned out so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is heavy. Like, when you, know, you guys know the Let's Dance riff, right? Yeah. Imagine that down-tuned and slowed up, and it's fucking brutal. And it's definitely worth checking that out, so definitely look into that one. Um, just a couple covers I found here that were, um, when I was doing my searches, I wrote down, because they, they, they kind of struck me as awesome, was uh, Lacuna Coil doing a very good cover of Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Um Wolfhammer, Wolfhammer, it's not Wolf, it's actually W-O-L-V, Hammer, did a very good cover of The Cure's Burn, which kind of just really lends itself, if you heard the um, the Crow soundtrack, um, that just that just lends itself to being covered by metal. Um, a band called Distance did a really good cover of Madonna's Frozen. Um, I wasn't very familiar with the track until I heard it, and I was like, oh my god, that song, and that, that was really good. Iron Savior does a really good cover of Crazy by Seal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A band called Across the Sun does a really good cover of Separate Ways by Journey. Which Journey should be covered more than just Don't Stop Believing. Mm -hmm. I think they have a lot more, a lot better songs than that. Um, Steel Prophet does a very fun cover of Don't You Forget About Me by Simply Red. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A band called Holiness does a very, very good cover of Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Um, if you know the song, it's kind of creepy when she does it, but you put some metal on it and, a, and a, a metal female singer, it's even creepier. Definitely definitely a good one. Um, a band called, I think it's pronounced Helia, it's H-E-L-I-A, did a cover of Lady Gaga's Alejandro, which turned out really fun. Um, and then Ninth State, I think it's called? It's ninth nine state. That's the way it's spelled. So it's ninth the word and then nine the number state. I don't know. Uh, but they did a ga- um, a cover of Peter Gabriel's Games Without Frontiers. That was actually really good. Mm-hmm. So um, those are one like metal bands covering 
non-metal artists that I thought were really good, and we talked about a couple other ones. I got I got two that I would like to see covered. First one, I'm a huge fan of Sticks. I already know that. I feel like they are heavy enough, or were heavy enough in their time that a some of their stuff does lend itself to metal. They, it could be covered easily by a progressive metal band. Mm-hmm. You pull a pull Symphony X out of nowhere and get them to cover um, too much time in my hands, anything like that. As long as it's not Come Sail Away. Because, again, if you're, if most people are going to cover it, it's usually going to be Come Sail Away or, like, Mr. Roboto. Any band, any metal band covering Renegade would be pretty badass on its own. So a lot of a lot of their material is pretty set for, for metal, which is... I think it's part of what... Um, what's his name? What's the main guy's name? Tommy Shaw. I think he tends more toward the heavier material. I, well, yeah. I mean, look at it. He did the side project, the damn Yankees with Ted Nugent. That was a lot, at least... Even, the stuff I've heard is heavier than the stuff that he's doing with Sticks. Even that song, even the song High Enough, they do another song um, on their follow-up album that would be done really well by like just any sort of traditional heavy metal band because it's it's a great soaring song. Mm-hmm. So any of those would be would be great. Just thinking about the, the bands that you're mentioning, like we could do a, a another discussion topic about the stigma that bands have based on their biggest hit. Um, thinking of extreme with um, more than words. More than words. Fucking hate that song. <laughs> thinking, like, I don't have a clip I'm, right now. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Journey with Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. I'm thinking Sticks with Come Sail Away. Like yeah. these bands that when you hear their other songs that are not their hits are really fucking good and yeah. a lot hard, more hard rocking than than any anybody actually thinks about. And why? <laughs> I think there's more to Sticks because a lot of people have a lot of hate for them and. For like half their songs that are I, like, I'm also thinking like Sister Christian by, um, oh my god, what's the name of that fucking Night Ranger? Night Ranger, yeah. I mean, that guy Brad Gillis played for Ozzy, so he's got to have some metal chops on him. Yeah. Uh, White, White Snake. Yeah, White Snake yeah. too. I mean, Jesus Christ, David Coverdale sang for fucking Deep Purple for Christ's sake. Well, also like White Snake, especially now, like a lot of their stuff is apparently getting like pretty heavy. I think well, uh, David Coverdale is actually doing a tour, or he released an album. The purple of, tour, yeah, of purple covers, like the stuff he's saying with purple. Yeah, and you know, if if he has a, I think he still has a really good band backing with Joel Holkstra. Actually, I think he's playing with him right now. Mm-hmm. We covered his album a little while ago. Yeah, and you know, I, I just, I just find sometimes, and we're totally off topic here, but I just find <laughs> that some of these bands have these such stigmas on them. Mm-hmm about their big hits that everyone assumes that their whole catalog sounds like that. So you heard it here, folks. Confirmed. We're going to be talking about that somewhere in the future. (laughs) Before we go on to the next part of the discussion, though, one last thing that I would want to hear, and this is going to be a weird one, um, because I had not heard this song in years. Um, I never actually taken a full listen to it until this day, which was like two or three weeks ago. But I feel like it's got enough energy that a good metal band could pull it off. Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. It is... Wow. Like, if you listen to it, it's not a bad song. It's just you get, like, when it came out, it was wrapped up in the time. And I feel like somebody like Children of Bodom would have covered it. Yeah. 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 Children of Bodom pulls out... They pull out the, the really random ones. But because of the fact that the song is really catchy, I want somebody like Tobias to cover it. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be awesome because, like, his cover of um, uh, "Rock Me Amadeus" that was great. That was fun. But this would be cool too, and it it, it does have enough momentum. It does. It, it sounds like a metal band could cover it really. well. You know what's really funny is that I really I 
when I was going through my searches, I really stuck with just classic rock. I didn't really go to the pop side, except for the ones that I found, like Madonna and uh, Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, for pop reasons, or for pop artists, I would love to hear a couple more um, Michael Jackson covers. Oh, yeah. That's not Smooth Criminal. Um, I would like to hear... Actually, I don't go out of my way to not listen to Lady Gaga. If it's on, I will listen to it. And she does have some really good songs, and they probably would be really good metal. Um, I know Hailstorm does a cover of Bad Romance. That's actually pretty fun. Um, the one I mentioned here, Alejandro, is a fun one. And she has a couple other ones that would probably do really well. As a matter of fact, I remember seeing a video of Alice Cooper doing a cover version of um, Live This Way or something like that. It was oh, Born, Born This Way. Born This Way. That was actually really good. So, I mean, pop artists kind of also lend themselves to be covered as much as anybody else. And I... I would prefer it if it's not like if it's actually meant to be serious kind of thing not like the pop goes punk records that are just like punk bands doing like just having a, a taking a piss on yeah. it kind of thing I would actually want people to actually take the time and record it and treat it like it's a like a legitimate song that's another one um, I would want to hear a legitimate metal band not thrice covering Send Me an Angel ooh okay a legitimate yeah, band. because like Thrice's version was good, but I would want to hear it done by somebody else. Yeah. So, so so things like that, like a lot of pop, I would listen to and say, man, that would sound good if it were metal. And so songs like Send Me an Angel, songs like Live in La Vida Loca, I can I can listen to these and go, man, who should cover this? Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. So. All right. I also mentioned uh, we were thinking about non-metal artists covering metal songs um, this is kind of more of a rare thing than you, you would find and the first one that I brought up was Tori Amos's cover of Raining Blood I think that's like the only one that's like <laughs> and it's probably like the best example because like I couldn't think of like a very specific example of what I would want done that way you know like where it's a metal song to a, a pop but I think if you take an extreme song like that and then try to you know rework it in a way like Tori Amos did, that's going to make it really interesting. Yeah, that, that was, like, the first time I heard that, I was actually more frightened of her version than I was of Slayer's version, because it is so... It's so slowed down. Slowed down. So she, she takes a two-and-a-half-minute song and makes it six minutes long, and it's creepy as fuck. She has this, like, synth drone over everything, and it's her with a really slow piano, and it's just very creative what she did with that song. And when you hear her singing Rain and Blood from a Lacerated Sky in her voice, it's like... Oh my god! <laughs> like you actually are frightened. Uh, what you were talking about with that, um, I kind of wish somebody would do a metal cover, a cover of a cover here actually, because "Ring of Fire" by Johnny Cash mm-hmm. was covered by a Wall of Voodoo earlier in their career, and they took that song, which Johnny Cash, so it's like two minutes long, and they expanded it to like five, six minutes, and it's creepy as fuck because there's just this constant noise in the background, it's like and it's going on and on. I feel like a metal band could do that pretty well. Well, that, Johnny Cash is another band, another artist that I think isn't covered enough in metal. Um, and he did it the other way too. He yeah, covered, he did it the other uh, way too. Yeah, he, he covered Rusty Cage by Soundgarden, which is probably the closest thing to metal that he had done. Because I think the one song that, um, the one Danzig song he did was written for him. Oh, okay. So okay, but Johnny Cash, I, like the stuff that he did um, in in the American years, like he could have reworked anything metal and it would have sounded awesome yeah honestly I think uh, 
Got Rhythm would do really well as a metal track. A really good power like metal track probably. Um, cry, Cry, Cry would be good. Jackson would be fantastic with like a Nightwish band doing it. That would be really awesome. Um, yeah, but going back to the non-metal artists doing metal, this week I posted on the Facebook page a, band, a guy named Charles Bradley doing a cover of Black Sabbath Changes and turning it to like a, a soul song. And that brought tears to my eyes because it was just so like like heartbreaking to listen to this guy sing those lyrics. Like when Ozzy sings it, it's like, yeah, it's okay, it's a ballad. When this guy sings it, you actually felt like this guy went through some shit. And that was incredible. Unfortunately, it wasn't like a heavy-hitting metal song. It was, a, it was a metal ballad to a to a soul, so it was kind of an easy transition. But more stuff like that would be fun, I think. The ups, again, we've mentioned so many times about the internet being the gem that it is, despite it getting bastardized by uh -huh. people. You can find so much good stuff, not even by, by established artists, just by people who woke up one day with a guitar in their hand and went, I'm going to do this random thing. And that's the, that's the beauty of YouTube. I remember um, months ago, uh, there was a quote from Jerry Seinfeld basically saying that YouTube is like the biggest source of trash on, in the universe. And I was like, it's got so much fucking awesome material from very talented people. Like, these are the kind of things that we're all looking for. This is the kind of thing that we're talking about here. These things exist and we, mm -hmm. we want to find them. But it just allows people to kind of put forth these really cool ideas that, that aren't being done by artists that we think should be doing them. Well, so. the, the only thing I, I'm thinking about right now is that these, you do see a lot of other people that are not metal doing metal covers, but they're more jokes. Like you hear about all the bluegrass covers of all these metal I wouldn't bands. even call them a joke. I don't. I don't. Because I, I mean, you're talking like the you know punk does pop stuff. I mean, that's definitely a piss take for yeah. sure. But that's just the nature of punk. I don't think like some of those. I think those are legitimate. Yeah, I think they're uh, really because it, it does take a lot to sit there and try to change it. Yeah, I guess I guess. I don't know. It just seems like there was this such a rash to them recently. It just seems like such a um, like such a joke. Well, it, it's probably because you know people will will jump onto it and then the the sudden popularity it gets just seems. Uh, kind of, I just like when a, like a like a band legitimately sits down and picks one song and says this one means something to us and we're gonna record a version of it. Not we're gonna take this because we have this this thing going on. We're gonna record a bunch of songs in this style and we're gonna call it a th we're gonna call it bluegrass cover or whatever the fuck. Okay. So well, maybe because of the fact that there is like now again because the internet there is an, uh, an abundance of it. It does feel it's the same band it, though. It feels farcical. It's it's just the same band I think though that they keep on repeating a lot. You talking about like the Steven Seagal's band that does the bluegrass like stuff? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but at least like the versions that they do are very good, yeah. and they they do have to sit there and find a place for every instrument they got. So it yeah. does take a little bit of work. I wouldn't sit there and expect them to be, you know, joking around half the time. <laughs> well, that's just me. I think that's it, really. I mean, anybody else got any suggestions out there? Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, right? <laughs> I don't have that one yet. So I guess we'll call it there then. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me pull up my uh, my my script because I don't remember what I have to say. Because <laughs> you haven't been reading it this whole fucking time. Well, no, I've been looking at all the buttons, <laughs> which I I've been saving one. I'm ready. I'm ready for when you start talking because I know what you're gonna say. 
So until oh, next shit. time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, <laughs> youtube.com slash adamantstemplum for, inter- for more Shred Shack related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. We just put up our top three for the month of November, and it has been getting a good amount of views. It makes me happy in the heart and further down as well. <laughs> Losing a lot of blood in my head right now. <laughs> stomach. We're talking about his stomach. <laughs> um, but you can also look forward to um, my brother and I doing album reviews. We're going to be starting that on January 1st. You're still working on that script. (laughs) Well, the script isn't going to be too much of a problem, but we do have a plan now. It is going to be released on January 1st, and every single first Friday of the month thereafter, we are going to be intending to release an album review video style. So you can look forward to that. Um, I'm still not going to say the the album name, because I'm going to let it be a little bit of a surprise. Not, Not big, not bad, but we'll just kind of throw it out there later on. Yeah. Um, but you can also check out my YouTube channel for my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games, and it's coming back on January 2nd. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> for more up-to-the-minute updates and news from yours truly, follow my Twitter account at username Novus Redemptor. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for all my adventures in fitness and nerd stuff. Nerd stuff? Nerd stuff. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> That's a Wookiee! <laughs> That's because Star Wars is coming out in six days from this recording. Alright? I have tickets not only to the, the showing that I've been talking about on the day after Christmas, but Rachel surprised me. We are getting tickets. We have tickets for December 19th, which is the day after oh it opens up. Yes, we are going to a 10.30 showing. Apparently, there are showings at like midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. This is a big fucking deal for us nerds here. So I am definitely excited. Um, but also, um, it's the new year coming up. If you guys are looking to start a New Year's resolution to lose weight and get fit, please contact me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash iron 3314 If you are in the San Antonio area, I can definitely train you. Um, I'm starting to fill up some spots in my schedule as it is, so contact me soon. If you're not in the San Antonio area, you can contact me and I can help you out as best I can online, uh, either doing nutritional counseling or making you a workout plan and just following up with you. Um, that's about it for me. And this week I'm actually going to advertise. Oh shit, Pete's got to advertise. Twitter account, you can follow me at Abyssal Sun on Twitter. Um, and I'll try to spell that out. As well, it's it's A B Y S S A L S U N. So I'll be updating that hopefully over the next coming weeks, and you can follow me there. Pete advertises. Pete advertises. I don't have a clip for that (laughs) (laughs) yet. If you're hearing this, I will assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page. Otherwise, internet's magic. Mixcloud.com slash The Shred Shack is currently your primary source for all previous installments of The Shred Shack podcast, as well as recordings of The Shred Shack live radio show. Speaking of the live show, tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal and banter. More nerd banter. More just nerd banter. Not Star Wars nerd banter. Yeah, That's there, my there, job. There's more emphasis on music than there is on, on banter. We just talk. We like the sound <laughs> of our, our own voices. That's why We I need a radio show so we can break it up. Yeah, yeah we do. Get on that. Let's take over uh, 99.5 around here. Oh, they are the fucking worst. God, that could be a whole discussion. <laughs> yeah. and we, we had that discussion the yeah. other day. <laughs> we will not be tagging them in this show. <laughs> <laughs> they are awful. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about like, radio and the need for some... 
Yeah, some we, good stuff. Yeah, definitely. We can we can save that for a later date. Uh, I no, think no, another time, another place. Yeah, we'll save that for our New Year revolution. <laughs> but in the meantime, that's anything, revolution, not resolution. Revolution, <laughs> revolution. Anyway, for any other stuff in the meantime, as far as the Shred Shack or any other music, fun, nerd, whatever the fuck, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Shack. And seriously, 14 more likes before the end of the year. Let's do this, people. We're almost there. We're almost there. You know what's going to happen? We're going to get to 500 the day before, then someone's going to unlike. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> and I will just start flipping tables. <laughs> so true. Punk-ass motherfuckers. Motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> get that motherfucker on the phone. On the phone. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Reminding you that the world is full of kings and